Welcome to Tech Review, powered by Axel Springer. Here we explore the latest trends, news and updates from the world of technology. This podcast is the perfect source for staying up to date with what is important to know right now. You can watch all episodes on YouTube or listen to us on all major podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts while you work out, drive or maybe even travel through space. My amazing co-host today is Vincent Irmler and my name is Tarek Madani Mamluk. Welcome to Tech Review. And uh, if you want to meet us in person, you can do this this September on the Quantum Tech Conference in London. There we are. We are going to be and uh, confirm con conduct interviews with the uh, speakers and the booths that are there present and you can get 20% rebate if you buy your tickets through the link on our website or on our show notes. So if you are planning to go to the Quantum Tech Conference, don't miss out this amazing offer and check out our link. And now jump. let's jump into the news. Today, uh, I guess I am going to start because I say so. <laughs> no random Let, generator for us today. Let's do it, Tarek. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the order in my browser in here. But I actually have a quite interesting headline that I found on Interesting Engineering. And this is something that I wish uh, we, we could talk about uh, with Chris because I think in, in the past, Chris was the one uh, bringing these, uh, these headlines yes. about smart contact lenses. And now uh, scientists from Singapore they found a, a way to power these devices through human tears. And this sounds a little bit like a horror movie. <laughs> the, these smart contact lenses are powered by your tears. But it's actually true. Because the, more the way you, that... You, the more you cry, the powerful <laughs> the machine gets. That's the, exactly. that's the issue, I think. You have low power, so just beat yourself into the stomach or something <laughs> to power yeah. up the device. Or, or you want to use a stronger model, I don't know, well, cry more, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you don't, oh. uh, if you can't cry, you, you just have to find someone whose tears yes. you can you Or an can onion collect. or something. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, and imagine there's like an interface telling you, yeah, like you, you want to use the, 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 the argumented reality display and it says uh, not enough tears. Yeah, that would <laughs> Please be fill up with these. Yes. But the, the actual process is, I, I don't, don't want to say simple, but uh, from, from the chemical perspective, um, the battery simply uh, uses biocompatible materials such as glucose-based coating. Uh, and this coating uh, reacts with sodium and chloride ions in the water uh, inside this battery. And this is uh, what you need to serve as a conduitry for generating electric electricity. So from, from us on the outset, it sounds quite simple. Of course, it is quite complex. Uh, but the, the <laughs> components that you actually need for battery are not that, uh, that, that weird. Um, and here, I think they said, um, like, if, if you wear the contact lens for 12 hours, uh, every 12 hours, um, you get like an additional hour based uh, on your tears or the fluid in your eyes. And for charging these batteries, you, uh, you take them out, uh, or ch charging the contact lens, and you put them into a soup, what, what is it, um, like, like, a, like a liquid uh, with with these uh, components that you need for powering the battery, then it can mm -hmm. uh, just recharge like chemically. <laughs> and so these batteries, Tarek, that they, yeah, yeah. So no, no, no. Sorry, uh, just uh, just like like my last sentence. Um, the the team found out that the battery can go, go undergo two hundred charge discharge cycles, uh, which is quite nice for a battery that is so slim and so small that it is actually finding space within the contact lens. Uh, yeah. 
What was your question? What does it do? I mean, it's a smart power. contact lens. So what? What? Yeah, <laughs> it does power. They make it electricity. Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, um, it, it uses. It. Yeah, yeah. No, what does it do? So in this case, I, I'm not sure if they are actually developing uh, a smart contact lens themselves. But uh, at the end, the smart contact lens is supposed to show you stuff, as you said, like a okay. head-up display. So this is more about um, the battery development. Exactly, exactly. Because I'm, um. I'm not sure if, if in the past these prototypes for smart contact lenses that we talked about actually had a solution for uh, powering it. Because you you can't power it while we have it in your eye. <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> and so in this case, they <laughs> found a way uh, so that you can wear it. I could imagine that they had some kind of uh, local battery that was able to be charged outside but you could only wear the contact lens for an hour or two yeah and in this case you can now wear it all day long uh, i think the article actually says that um with the way that it is built right now you can wear it all day um, and this would be good news because at least during the day it could stay powered with recharging through your tears and then overnight you can take it out and uh, recharge it completely at least for 200 times What I would like to know is, I mean, you are you are wearing glasses, right? I, I yes. don't, but you have to wear them. So my I, I assume. <laughs> my question is, would you prefer rather very nice glasses or contact lenses that are smart? Because I don't, yeah. maybe it is just me who doesn't see the full advantage, but I would argue I would rather have glasses to put on and take off than contact lenses. I think. It's absolutely a question of uh, per personal preference. Um, and I think for me, I don't like to put things into my eye. And so I do not wear contact lenses, even though I could do that. And then I would not have to wear my glasses. Uh, but this is my personal preference. So I personally would also wear smart glasses, which is way easier to power where, because you have a frame where you can put in the battery and uh, everything that you need in there. Um, but other people might prefer to have uh, contact lenses so that they don't have something in, in their face. And in, the, in theory, it, it sounds uh, amazing to, be, uh, to have no like, impediment in your face or, or stuff and uh, simply use the contact lens. Um, but yeah, it is, it is way harder to develop. And I think it is simply for a different target group, people who do not wear, want to wear glasses. Yeah. But I, I too, I would wear smart glasses. Yeah, I mean, but also maybe it's it's again a state of development. I mean, uh, we were able not able to think of uh, having a computer by our side at all times, and now you and I we both wear two computers at all sides yeah. because we have our <laughs> phone and we have our watches. And right. I'm sure there is a person having more than two devices with their with them at all times. For yeah. example, Henrique, who has a watch and two phones, so. Liebe Henrique, if you hear this, <laughs> um, so um, if you listen to this, yeah, so I think it's all, again, a, uh, as you said, it's perfect preference, but I, I think it's also maybe just the state of development we are in because in a certain, I think at a certain point, we will maybe look back and feel that wearing contact lenses that are smart and powered as a machine with I don't know how many um, chips inside of it is just totally normal and how yeah. why would we not do that maybe in yeah. 20 years we will look back and think that
Absolutely. And I think uh, a lot of people are expecting that this development or this evolution of these devices um, is is not stoppable. And we get more and more wearables, as you said, like my smartwatch and my, uh, apart from my smartphone. And um, we still don't have an alternative for a screen. We still have to take a look at the watch or take a look at the phone. And so um, having a new screen, either in my contact lenses or in my glasses, is a, a step to be expected, especially with like the Next uh, generation of VR goggles from Apple, we could imagine that at some point of time they are going to get more uh, smaller and smaller. And so uh, at some point of time we are going to have like real fashionable slim smart glasses that people are wearing in their faces. And then I could imagine that people stop using phones because this is like a brick that you you carry in your in your jeans and you don't want that usually yeah if you can use something like smart glasses it's it's, it's great <laughs> i i am sure that this will come i mean look at smart watches that we already have now right i mean they yeah. have lte slash potentially right. 5g in the end um so this will by time replace the the connection to whatever antenna there is and yeah. i think we will see all kinds of crazy combinations where Apple offers you, if you were a Vision Pro or whatever the name then will be, and you have a watch, you can connect the two, the uh, the um, computing power, like with the iPhone currently will be taken over by the spatial computing device and the connect connection is the watch or even maybe the battery pack. We, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so many. There are so many different options, um, and ultimately, I think all all devices are bridge devices because there's yeah. always a next device. So all <laughs> devices, in the end, are bridge devices. The question is, how long is the technology within that bridge? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I am always out? amazed by by progress like that because I I did not even thought that that it's physically possible to add more power, more computation, more microchips, more batteries into a contact lens because it's simply so small. And I could imagine, as you said, it is weird putting something like that into your eye. And I, I could not imagine that a, a larger majority of people would actually want to put this in, in their eyes. But people keep researching that. And so uh, at least someone is expecting a market for these devices. Yeah, I, I personally, I, I prefer glasses. Um, but people are expecting that uh, there, there are a lot of people who want to put this into their eyes, even though it will not be as powerful as goggles. Yeah, I, I would wear glasses too. <laughs> And I'm kind of sure that we are going to we are going to in our lifetimes. I mean, Apple is going to release their their stuff next year, uh, the Vision Pro, uh, and even and though from this there one on, is the update cycle, exactly. Yes, yes. Be, yeah. I mean, the, the first we, we didn't talk about the Vision Pro for quite a while, right? <laughs> Uh, if, if uh, dear viewer and listener, if you did not uh, get all of our discussions about the Vision Pro, we already had a, a lot of uh, those in the past episodes, and it's a special really interesting about it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it, it's it's so so cool. Uh, the first edition of the Vision Pro is going to be extremely expensive, and will not have 
as many features as people wish for like a futuristic headset. And so it is expected that the first edition is going to be something like a developer version for developing apps. But we know Apple, there will be a second edition, a third edition and a fourth edition. And this thing is going to be really amazing. It will become eventually cheaper, often, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> uh, but at least the feature set is going to be more mature and more usable. And so at least in edition two or edition three, it will find its way into the mainstream user base, right? Probably not the first version, uh, but it will come there. And so I, I can see, see that happening in 2025, 2026, when you will actually see people in the subway or on the street wearing Apple smart glasses in some way or the other based on their vision OS. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Wait. And now this. Let's continue with this. Yes, we're talking about X today. Uh, X uh, published its policy on political ads uh, or updating, is updating it. And all of it, of course, with respect to the upcoming presidential uh, election next year or the U.S. election, national elections generally. So um, X is um, updating this and they're becoming more relaxed about it, actually. And that is interesting. The former uh, CEO and founder, uh, co-founder of X, uh, or back then Twitter, Jack Dorsey, was very much against against um, any kind of political advertisement um, because obviously of the impact that false political advertisement or debate, just debate basically, um, could have, have on uh, users of the platform. Uh, Elon Musk sees that too. I'm pretty sure that they have a very similar opinion on the impact that X or Twitter might have on this. However, uh, Elon Musk is very much convinced that it should be part of X's, um, uh, of X's field of discussions that you can have. So um, interesting to note about this generally is that Elon Musk also announced that he personally has a favor, fa uh, favorite um, that he believes should become president next year. It's a Republican candidate. And um, therefore, we will see how moderation will happen on X because this is the big question. How are they going to moderate it? The um, guidelines say that false and misleading advertisement, uh, of course, will be taken down. But still, boosting your own, uh, boosting posts, just like you boost posts today with buying reach is possible. Advertisement will be possible and political debates on the platform will be possible. And we know how it is. Obviously, it ta always takes some time uh, until moderation actually decides, uh, deci decides that um, one post or campaign or the or another is not valid enough to be uh, existing on the platform so a very well targeted campaign might be tipping the election in a different way um, the article also mentions a example from australia where this actually happened um, and therefore it's very interesting to see where this is going and it's also interesting to see that elon musk still is continuing down the path of a freer if you want to call it so, a more free uh, this way of discussion on that platform. Yeah, and this is basically what Elon Musk uh, was 
motivated by in the very beginning, right? Uh, when yes. uh, when uh, Donald Trump was banned from Twitter uh, because of his very radical postings. Uh, I think this was the first step where Elon Musk said, uh, this is a bad move and I should buy Twitter to correct this very bad move. And so finally, <laughs> he, he fulfilled his purpose and uh, reverted this policy. It's very, very interesting. And I'm very eager to see what the result of this is going to be if like the political candidates will jump on this and uh, fire away and uh, like uh, do the same thing that uh, Donald Trump did the, back then quite successfully in this day when, when he actually won his election um, or if people get more careful with the, with the stuff that they are posting um, in fear that um, there might be a, a, again a backlash even though... Uh, Elon Musk is on the forefront for uh, protecting like the freedom of speech in this uh, matter. Um, but I'm, I'm quite interesting to see like this uh, second version <laughs> of Twitter moderation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, because also I uh, like to see how the moderation then will be taken uh, up on it. So um, mm. in my job, we often work with moderators um, of different social media platforms. And there, the conversation with moderation is always quite unique, sometimes a bit more dynamic, sometimes it's not. And this, I mean, is one of the toughest topics to moderate because it often is an opinion topic. So the guidelines must be very strict on what is misleading and what is not misleading and what is yeah. false information and what is not false information but opinion. So right. um, Exactly. And Twitter is no, sorry. Please go ahead. No, you yeah, go I, ahead. I just, I just wanted to say, uh, even though we are saying uh, free speech means you can say everything, we are going to have moderation, right? But what will be the consequence of these moderations if the moderators actually say, um, okay, whatever was tweeted here is a false information. It is actually um, li like um, da damaging for, for the public. Like, let's say... Um, um, Covid misinformation. People get endangered by this this false kind of information if they are going to close accounts or actually remove um, these messages. Um, because yeah. even though uh, everything is allowed, if you have moderators, they must have like executive power to remove or restrict things, right? Yeah, absolutely. So X said they want to give more clarity and more transparency on this. So, for example, if an account is shadow banned, it will somebody will be informed or the, the account will be informed that their reach is limited and mm. that also I'm sure will take um, will be visible in other approaches uh, but still I mean it's it, 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 they can be transparent about it as much as they want the reality is that if they moderate poorly um, in my opinion they are helping uh, the spread of misinformation just Yeah. Because we know how the dynamics of content on social media platforms are. Um, usually the one that clicks the most is the one that has the most engaging headline and yeah. might not be the true, the most true one. That's exactly. And if the moderators are too soft and only give like warnings or re erase um, individual tweets, um, it might give um, the people who spread misinformation the opportunity to simply test out what they can say and they simply rephrase 
the information in uh, five times and the fifth time yeah. it stays because it's it's not like f falling under the guidelines yeah. i mean when you look back at the last u.s election it was really not a lot of uh, there were really not a lot of votes that were tipping mm -hmm. that were the tipping yeah. point in the end we know that trump is under investigation for looking for a very small amount of votes and um therefore a very well targeted campaign in the in in the respective swing states for example might be the 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 deciding mm. uh, the deciding drop of water um for such a debate and if trump yeah. actually runs again and he might be running against biden we don't know um who knows what will happen right <laughs> All right, uh, super interesting. And X or AKA Twitter stays uh, like X, a regular topic on <laughs> on Tech Review, which is t incredibly uh, weird for me because I, in the past I never saw um, Twitter as such a noteworthy platform, but it, it stays interesting. All right, um, that's it for today. Uh, it was a short episode of Tech Review, but please join us again next week when we discuss the latest news from technology and social media. So see you there and have a nice evening. Bye. Goodbye.